Welcome back to License to Spiel. I'm Carl Wonders. And I'm Thad Haight. Today we're going to go back and reboot the franchise all over again. Uh, it's 2006's Casino Royale. Indeed. And what a reboot it is. It is. Um, do you remember going to see this? Like, what you were thinking about when you went in to watch this movie? Uh, I remember still being not sure how I felt about a blonde James Bond. Okay. Because I remember, like, all the the crap they were digging up on uh, Daniel Craig where, like, he's blonde, he can't drive a stick shift. I don't know if you remember that I did thing not that went remember around. That. <laughs> yeah, they, they were, like, trashing him in the British tabloid saying Daniel Craig can't drive a stick, so he can't be James Bond. Do they think the actors actually do those scenes, <laughs> do the driving in yeah. those car scenes? <laughs> who, who knows? <laughs> yeah. No, I, I was with, I'm with you. I, I remember going in thinking to myself, like, all right, you know, we'll see. The only thing I had seen him in before uh, was the movie Layer Cake. Yes. Which is a good movie. It is a good movie, but... I mean, he's not a very Bond-like character in that. No, I don't get I don't get James Bond from that movie uh, at all. And uh, yeah, I know I, I that's really all I knew him from. Yeah, I, I didn't know what to expect going in. Um, you know, coming off of Die Another Day, <laughs> uh, <laughs> or that was like that was you know what was it four years mm-hmm. previously? Yeah, so there's a pretty long wait. Not as bad as. Not as bad as License to Kill the Goldeneye. True. But again, they were, you know, they weren't even sure they were going to be able to do the movie. There was, you know, rights issues around the source material that ended up, there's a reason why Columbia Pictures is one of the, or I'm sorry, not Columbia Pictures, they don't exist anymore. (laughs) Sony Pictures. uh, There's a reason why Sony Pictures is on here along with MGM. Um, Boy, do they get their money's worth in this movie. Oh, yeah. Uh, All those uh, consumer electronics that they don't make anymore. No. Actually, it is a Columbia picture. What am I talking about? They're owned by Sony, but it is Columbia. Yes. Yeah, there's there's a lot of product placement in this movie. A little bit. But yeah, I went in fairly skeptical. Um, I've said this before, where I had a similar experience that I had with the the first Star Trek reboot, the J.J. Abrams mm-hmm. one, where I went in thinking like, oh, well, we'll see, and kind of, you know, setting the bar pretty low for myself and coming out just wanting to watch it all over again. And like, I'll just hang out in the theater and let them, man, I saw that like four or five times in the theater. Yeah. <laughs> That's so good. I only saw this in the theater once. Uh, this also okay. has the, is noteworthy as the first Bond film I saw in the theater. Oh, excellent. Yeah. My first one was golden, golden eye. Mm-hmm. So, but uh, yeah, and I, I think it it's other than maybe, I mean, other than, uh, the Star Trek 2009 film and maybe Batman Begins. I'm hard pressed to think of another reboot that worked quite as well as this one. And Batman Begins really did do an amazing job. Yeah, man. Yeah, that, that those uh, mid 2000s. They were the. It was the era yeah. of the successful reboot. Everyone's rebooting everything these days, and it doesn't quite work as well. But <laughs> no, it does not. Uh, and shockingly, I mean, so. You know, this movie was directed by Martin Campbell, who also directed Goldeneye. Somehow this movie was written by Neil Purvis and Robert Wade, <laughs> who also did Die Another Day. Yes. Um, with a with a rewrite by Paul Haggis. And I, I can't, for the life of me, figure out how the same people that wrote Die Another Day wrote this movie. They have range. Paul Haggis is probably best known other than this movie, and then he also co-wrote 
Quantum of Solace. He's probably best known for writing Million Dollar Baby in the movie Crash, um, which is frankly one of the more unfortunate Best Picture winners I would say in recent times. But I've actually never seen it. Yeah, it's it's fine. I mean, I'm aware of it, obviously, but yeah, I've also not but, seen I Million mean, Dollar Baby for that matter. Okay. I, I also am aware of that one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so he has pedigree, I guess, as a writer, mm-hmm. and he's written films that have done well. Um, I mean, so is Akiva Goldsman for what that's worth. Um, <laughs> but, but I mean, somehow they managed to completely reinvent the Bond character. I think in this this go around, even though it was people who had been involved in the Brazen era for the most part, which I think yeah. is impressive. Right from the get go, you you start off. You don't get the gun barrel at the beginning. Uh, you start off in this black and white. It works so well, though. Which which is great. I love it. Um, I love the wonky camera angles at the mm-hmm. very beginning here. Uh, it's very just. It's very odd. It's, it's you just feel very unsettled going into this opening mm-hmm. bit, you know, where we we follow this guy going into his office and Bond is already broken into his office and broken into his safe and everything, and find out that he's. I guess this guy is. Uh, selling secrets or whatever and this is before bond has been given his double o status now i haven't i've read most of the books and it's been a while i don't remember this concept of him having to kill two people to become a double o agent i think that was completely invented for this movie i have not read all of the books yet but i don't recall that um i actually just got back into the books i'm halfway through diamonds are forever um, okay but uh yeah i i don't recall that that seems unlikely yeah because I feel like most of their missions wouldn't be to kill. No. So that seems like an odd way to promote your agents is only yeah. if they kill. When before they're licensed to do so. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you killed somebody, uh, better give you a license for that. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, it just seems a bit odd. But yeah. I, I enjoy I, I also really, really liked with the uh, after you recount after bond recounts thinks back on the how hard it was to kill the one guy and then did you feel it did he well you needn't worry the second is yes considerably yeah yeah yes <laughs> that is so yeah good. that's that's a great line and he delivers it perfectly mm-hmm. i love like the juxtaposition you get between this somewhat calm very um clearly shot black and white and then you go to this brutal fight scene in this bathroom and mm-hmm. it's all grainy and over overexposed and everything i think just the cinematography, I think, is fantastic mm-hmm. here, too. I should say, you, you can probably tell that we both really like this movie, so... <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Uh, <laughs> We're going to have a lot of good like things this, to say today. Um, the cinematography in this, like, we have a big jump in quality of cinematography, mm-hmm. which is just sort of something that happened all around around this period with... Yes. Uh, partially because of the switch to high-quality digital cameras, but right, just... just improved film tech filmmaking techniques from yes the 2000s where you can easily tell the difference between a movie made from this point and later and one made from the 90s or especially the 80s oh absolutely i mean the 
you go back and watch, and I and I like a lot of the movies, like the you know the Timothy Dalton films. That's like television quality anymore. Mm-hmm. And that's not a knock on John Glenn and the people he had filming back then. It's just that's just what the technology they had was. Right. And and I think that you know the ability to do such sharp, and it's not really sharpness because they were, I mean, back in the day, and. You know, we're going to go off, I think, on a, on a tangent here about <laughs> old technologies again. Uh, I mean, if you look at a film or even TV shows, um, you know, you and I, we, we were hanging out recently and we watched an episode of Columbo from the 70s. And I think <laughs> you made a comment about how good it looked. Yeah. Um, and like, you know, back then when they shot on actual film and they shot on, you know, larger format film. I mean, it didn't look as good as Casino Royale, but yes. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. But I mean, it's. It's better than a TV show from the 80s. Oh, yeah. Because those were shot, shot video straight tape. on video. Yeah. So, like, the 80s, 80s and early 90s, I feel like, are kind of a, there's a, a trough in quality, almost, uh, from because they found these cheaper ways of making films that just didn't look as good. And we're actually going to see that again in the next 10, 15 years. Uh, we're going to start to see that movies from the late 90s, early 2000s, a lot of them don't mm-hmm. look as good because they were shot on early digital, so they have no higher quality than 1080p. We'll go back and watch some of the Star Wars prequels. Yeah, um, that's a perfect example. Like, you get Although such... I think they, they were shot on film, though, weren't they? No, no, they were... Episodes 2 and 3 were shot digitally. Oh, okay. Um, I mean, obviously all the CG would have been <laughs> done digitally. <laughs> yes, of course. No, the whole thing was done digitally, and I think you can tell when you blow it up. So to speak. Uh, One thing I'm, uh, this is going to date our, when we're recording this, but uh, I -hmm. am looking forward to receiving the um, 4K remasters of the Lord of the Rings trilogy for Christmas. Ah, okay. And those were actually shot on film and they did completely remaster from the source film, which I'm really looking forward to because it's going to look amazing. But there are plenty of movies from around the same era uh, that were shot in were shot digitally and were shot 2k and that looked fine then but when you shoot something digitally you can't really remaster it to a to a higher resolution and get much much if any more detail out of it no you're just gonna get bigger and smoother Mm -hmm. (laughs) i mean so yeah anyway sorry that was on the side but yes that is no 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 yeah i think uh like i don't know was Die Another Day shot on film? Probably. It probably was. 2002? I mean, yeah. I watched it in 4K and it looked fine. Uh, so, yeah. I mean, other than the, I mean, the, other than the, the effects. CGI. <laughs> <laughs> how did they, they greenlight some of those? Anyway, we talked about that <laughs> we last talked week. We talked about that last week. Or two week, weeks yes. ago. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mentioned that, that we don't get the gun barrel at the beginning. And it was a weird thing where I forgotten about it by the point we get to the very end of the opening sequence when he turns around and fires his gun at this guy in the bathroom and it does the gun barrel thing which i think is a great touch yes to to go into the credits this way i don't like the blood no the blood's bad (laughs) (laughs) it looks like red it's 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 cheesy yeah uh, I love this opening credits. Yeah, I 
I, I love you know the music, the graphics, the even the one critique I saw was that it looks like people in an iPod commercial fighting, but. <laughs> I, oh I man care. i think it's great i hadn't thought yeah. about that yeah kind of Th- that, da- that dates, <laughs> that this, doesn't dates it. it doesn't it jesus remember ipod commercials <laughs> <laughs> but All yes they... a little the little white the little white uh earphones hanging down with the wires yeah <laughs> all right speaking of which when are they going to stop including white wires with things because Nothing else is white. <laughs> Their computers are no. dark gray now. Everything is dark. Why are they still putting white cords with them? It's a great question. Anyway, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, yeah, it does kind of look like an, uh, an, an iPod commercial. But yep. the, the music and... is good. I like the card. I, I like the uh, bullet holes in the seven in the card. Yeah, even though the seven's on the wrong corner, that always bothers me. Because oh I'm shit! It is pedantic. Yeah. <laughs> well, thanks for ruining that scene. For Sorry, me, Carl. I've ruined it now for you forever. <laughs> well, I guess there was no uh, way to do it without <laughs> doing it. No, that way. there's not. No, there really isn't. Because um, otherwise, it would be seven hundred. Yeah, that wouldn't work. Yeah, we don't need a Pat Robertson reference. Oh God, no. <laughs> <laughs> James Bond, member of the Seven Hundred Club. Oh Jesus. I mean. Now it's it's well that would have been the eighties. It's like in the seventies he had a Playboy membership, and in the eighties he was a member of the Seven Hundred Club. Who knows? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Talk about your extremes there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. <laughs> only only publicly though, probably. Um, I I also made a note that I think this is the first time we don't see silhouetted naked women since probably Goldenfinger. Uh, which is a nice touch. I, I'm yeah. I don't need to see the silhouetted naked women. No, we get them back later in a few years, but we do. Uh, yeah, and you know we start the film in Uganda, where we're meeting this terrorist freedom fighter guy uh, who's wants to invest his money somewhere so he can like get it off his hands. I guess I appreciate that the movie just kind of throws you right in here. And mm-hmm. I, I have one little nitpick in a few minutes here, but, um, you know, we, we, we meet these people. We don't really know who they are. This guy, Mr. White, uh, who kind of hovers around the movie a little bit. And then we meet uh, Lashif for the first time, played by Mads Mikkelsen, who I think is also quite excellent in this movie. I think this is the first time I ever I saw Mads Mikkelsen in a movie. Yeah, I did. I he I mean, he was a big star back home in, I think, Denmark. Mm hmm. Um, but you know, he, what, he was like a, you know, leading man type, but yes, uh, Matt Mickelson is a fantastic actor and he is he really is. good in this. I, I think they did a good job of toning down the more ludicrousness of some of the villains that we've been seeing in previous films. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I know you, you said you've, you're partway through diamonds are forever. Uh, I know you've read this, the casino Royale book yes. recently. So, um, I mean, earlier I, this year anyway. Yeah, yeah, right. Recently um, is a, a stretch at this point. <laughs> okay. But it was like April. Okay. <laughs> I really appreciate Oh my god, that's a big phone. Um <laughs> <laughs> You need to leave that in there. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I will. Yeah, the the I like the giant antenna on Mads Mickelson's phone. 
that he's using to call back to his banker in in London. That's presumably because it's a satellite phone. No, I I know, but still, <laughs> it's a huge phone. So. I really appreciate how the specifics are very, very different, but I like that the entire setup for this movie is exactly the same as the book, where Lashif is a guy who invests money from gangster types or terrorists or whatever, and he goes speculating with their money on the side and ends up blowing it all because he makes a bad investment. And that's why he's desperate for money and why he sets up the card game. I mean, obviously, if I remember correctly, and you could probably correct me if I'm wrong, it's something about he invested in a brothel or something, and then they passed anti-brothel legislation or something where he did that, and that kind of screwed him over. Yes, that sounds correct. But here we are in a a movie made in 2006, and the book was published in the early 50s, I believe. Mm -hmm. And if you strip away all the specifics, it's basically the same story it is yeah because it's obviously not russia at this point but yes yeah lashif works for smersh who's the russian counterintelligence agency um why do you think they moved it to montenegro i don't know and that certainly isn't montenegro from what i know (laughs) about montenegro i Uh, don't know much about montenegro other than it's one of the one of the balkan states i mean other than that you know Okay. Part of me wants to say that they meant to put Monaco and messed up or something. <laughs> uh, I mean, Monaco would make more sense. Monaco would make more sense for casino, you would think, yes. Yeah. Uh, also, Montenegro <laughs> is a country, not a, like, city. So, like, right. they keep talking about Casino Royale in Montenegro. That would be like saying yeah. it's going to be held at, you know, the MGM in the MGM Grand in the U.S. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> I realize that Montenegro is not a large country, but I'm sure they have more than one city. Yeah, it's it's not Singapore, where there's, like, Singapore. Right. And that's it. Uh, I don't even know what even... the capital of Montenegro is. No. It wasn't a country when I was a kid and was learning capitals. No, no, it was, it was not a... No, it was one of those countries that came along in the middle of my learning geography. Uh, uh, so, so, yeah, so I... Oh, I mean, no, Montenegro, I mean, because even after Yugoslavia broke up, Montenegro was still, well, it was part of, there was still a, sec, a, a part that was called mm-hmm. Yugoslavia, that was Serbia and Montenegro yeah. together. Like, right. in fact, Montenegro became independent in 2006. Wow, okay. So they heard about it in the news and said, let's put the movie there. I guess, yeah. I mean, I, I think most of the stuff in Montenegro was filmed in the Czech Republic. Um, but I mean, right. General part of the world, I guess, I guess. Yeah. But then why not just say it's in the Czech Republic? I don't know. It doesn't sound as fanciful. Like, I I don't know. Which apparently goes by Czechia. Yeah. Well, and they can't use the Czech Republic because that's where the opening started, Mm. I guess. So, so here, here's my little nitpick with this movie. (laughs) Um, the setup here. Mm Mm-hmm. I you know, I had to watch this maybe two times to kind of get this. Like they, they seem to assume that the viewer is familiar with how short selling works. Yeah, I was not when I saw the movie either. Yeah, I certainly was not when I saw this movie and I had to kind of I sort of figured it out later as as they were explaining what was going on, but I had no idea that, you know, you you sort of gamble on the stock market and 
stuff and you you sell something and you assume the price is going to go down and if it doesn't you lose you know it's it works to set up his problem but they really kind of throw you in the deep end here and expect you to follow along and figure out what's happening like when when the guys like the puts expired i had no idea what that meant you know or anything like that i still but... don't know what that means actually <laughs> like he you can't like there's that you've got the no take backsies section i guess yeah the, the... but like why is there a why can you take it back at all <laughs> yeah well it's it's if more, you ask me short selling it... like from everything i i know about it it shouldn't be legal no it shouldn't <laughs> but it is and that's that's what was going on here he's assuming that he's gonna the, the stock he's selling is gonna go down in price and we find out why he thinks it's gonna go down in price later but first we go to madagascar here where they're Watching a mongoose and a snake fight, because that's what they do in Madagascar, I guess. I guess. Um, I like this line. They're they're watching this guy who's a bomb maker, and <laughs> Bond's like associate here is like has burn scars on his face, and Bond says, "I wonder if bomb makers are insured against things like that," yes. uh, which I think is a cute. It's a good line. line. Yeah, the the guy he's with is the worst spy ever, and that's in the company of James Bond. Um, yeah, and he, okay, so I will say in James Bond's defense, and we'll get to this a bit more mm -hmm. later, is he does actually give an explanation for why he says he's James Bond in this movie. Sure, but he's also new. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, no, the guy's really bad. When Bond says, take your hand away from your ear, he like puts his hand more on it. <laughs> he like doubles down on it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But the the whole like chase to the construction site though that's some pretty sweet stuff going on there. Yeah, I had never heard of parkour before or seen it on you know I guess YouTube or wherever. Um, yeah, so me I I was like, how the hell is this guy doing this? And it turns out that he's one of the first people to ever do this kind of thing, um, which is why they hired him to do this part. Uh, like. He's doing all this stuff legitimately, and it's it's hardcore, and it's pretty it's pretty awesome. I like the touches of James Bond, like doing the easier way of doing things. Like early on, the guy like flips through a car and he just kind of runs around it. My my favorite one is later on when he's in the construction area and the guy like bolts through this space in the drywall and then the bond just runs through the wall and <laughs> keeps going you know like stuff like that yeah so daniel craig is like on a whole other level of in shape compared to any yes. other actor who has played bond before oh yes like especially like we'll see later when he, when he takes off his shirt and it's just like pure muscle <laughs> damn yeah yeah <laughs> like compare that to like Sean Connery in Diamonds Are Forever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's the worst example, but even all of any of the other movies, uh, Connery, right. Brosnan, especially more. Uh, I mean, yeah. Daniel Craig was, or not Daniel Craig, um, Timothy Dalton was pretty wiry, but he certainly wasn't built like that. No, he was not ripped like this. And I think that's also another thing of the 2000s and later is actors male actors just have to look like this now yeah because they all do well another big thing and i i think probably something like the matrix really started this where actors started doing more of their own stunts a lot of the times or 
you know, if they have to do fight scenes or sword fights and stuff, they would do it themselves rather than let a stunt person do it. Which is why you don't get those goofy, like, far away overhead shots. Like in, you know, watch the original series of Star Trek and you cut away from, like, Captain Kirk and somebody they're fighting and it's clearly not them fighting. <laughs> yeah, but in the HD remasters, you can definitely tell it's not them. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you can. <laughs> I mean, there are a few shots, I think, of, like, up on the crane here. Craig's stunt double is way more blonde than he is. Yes. And, and you can tell. But at least he doesn't have Patrick Troughton hair. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Thank goodness. That would not look. That would not be convincing for Daniel for Daniel Craig stunt double to have Patrick Troughton hair. <laughs> <laughs> uh, or a Pierce Brosnan mask. <laughs> oh man! Yes. Oh god, the Pierce Brosnan mask. <laughs> but yeah, like there. The technology has gotten so much better, you can tell here, where they can either actually put people, like, up on this crane, mm -hmm. or they can shoot it in a way that it looks like the the principal actors are up on this crane, it doesn't look like terrible... We've come a long way from rear projection. Yes. But, like, things like, at one point, there's these two cranes, and the guy Bond is chasing jumps off of one crane, lands on the second one, climbs over the top, and leaps off onto the top of a building. That guy did that. Yep. Like, that's a real stunt. And <laughs> it just blows my mind that that's a real thing that they actually did. I mean, obviously, having digital technology lets you have, like, harnesses that you can digitally erase and everything, mm -hmm. which also makes this a lot easier to do, I guess. But And I don't know if you want to call that cheating or not. I don't. No. I think a guy still jumped off of a crane. Yeah. You're just making sure he doesn't die if it doesn't go well. Yeah, no, I, I like the, the whole thing. And then when he's, like, jumping back and forth across that elevator shaft. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, it's all just insane. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. the whole thing is just really good. And then Bond creates an international incident. Yes. I mean, talk about, I mean, a combination of just Daniel Craig's take on Bond plus the fact that he's new at his job, I think, like, that shot of him just like walking through the embassy into the into the guy's office and beating the dude up and the I don't know the diplomat or whoever he's meeting with here, you know, just running through this embassy, shooting the wall, like shooting out the windows and yeah, those are all things you shouldn't be doing. No, like a a British a uh, a British you know secret agent probably shouldn't be doing anything this public to begin with, but certainly not in a freaking embassy. <laughs> right, and I love that. M loses her shit over it. <laughs> I mean, As well she should. Yeah. In in one of the great Judy Dench walking and ranting scenes. Oh, yes! In the old <laughs> days, if an agent did something that embarrassing, he'd have the good sense to defect. Christ, I miss the Cold War. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> so good. Poor Tobias Menzies in tow. Here. I, love, I love Tobias Menzies in these movies. Yeah, sort of the... Money Penny before Money Penny. <laughs> oh, but we forgot that we first see uh, Lashif playing poker on this yacht, and we see his blood. We see the blood coming from his eye, which is nothing sinister. Mm -hmm. He assures. Yes, <laughs> the derangement of the tear duct, which is an Correct. odd turn of phrase. Yeah, and we see our first Sony laptop of the movie. First of many, running very poorly disguised Windows XP. Yes. Like, they got rid of the Windows logo, but it's still the start button with the shape and the font and everything. Yep. 
Uh, well, Windows didn't pay for product placement in this movie, right. so... <laughs> yeah, this is where we get the walking and ranting at Tobias Menzies. Yes. And then again, like, Bond just breaks into M's house to use her laptop. How does he know these and we, things? And we... <laughs> M's laptop is not using Windows, it's using movie OS. Yeah, <laughs> indeed. <laughs> No, actually, it is using Windows. It has a start button. Is it really? Oh, yeah, it oh, okay. also has the start button. Okay. They're all using the that silver the silver Windows XP theme though, which is ah. yeah. Anyway. No, I was just going off of the like whatever program is running there. That... Yeah, the program has its own window dressing, but oh no, the yep, you're right. It does have a start button. Yeah, and he's just hanging out playing solitaire, waiting for M to show up. Sure, why not? He's like, I, I, I like when he's like, I, I do like when he says, I thought Anne was a randomly assigned, assigned letter. And he's, and she's like, utter one more syllable and I'll have you killed. That's a good line. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> or his thing about like, well, I thought one less bomb maker in the world would be a good thing. <laughs> Don't ever break into my house again also. Mm-hmm. As a great like parting line. Yeah. And now we're in the Caribbean. Um, now we're off to the Bahamas for the second time because I think where they filmed all the Madagascar stuff was actually in the Bahamas. I think so. I was in the Bahamas earlier this year. It was not as nice as where Bond is going. Well, no, you were at like the seaport or something, right? Yeah, I was in Freeport, which is yep. basically like an industrial shipping port. Yeah. <laughs> A little oddity of of the Bahamas that I realized when I was watching this. Oh, they really actually shot this in the Bahamas. That they, they drive on the left side of the road, even though the wheel is on the left side of the car. Oh, that's... Don't ask me why. That sounds dangerous. <laughs> yeah, but that is that is really how it works in the Bahamas. Well, I know that in most former British possessions that are islands, that is the case. Mm -hmm. But I guess because it's easier to import the cars from the U.S. Considering the they're car... like 30 miles from the U.S., yeah. Right, yeah. So, that makes sense. Yeah. Because I, I, I think it's also the same way in Bermuda. Probably. I just remember being in a taxi cab and being terrified because <laughs> yeah i'm sure <laughs> like this isn't this isn't the right way to drive i like how he takes the guy's car because yes. the guy thinks he's a he's a parking lot and then he just valet slams guy. it into the yeah slams it yeah yeah pretty good that guy's a jerk anyway yeah we break into the security office and take out the sony dvd here to uh <laughs> to, to check the He's really lucky that that camera was where the guy sent the text. Actually, it's a Sony Blu-ray. It has the Blu-ray logo on it. Uh, oh, you're right, yeah. That's some early product placement there. 2006, mm -hmm. Blu-ray was just, like, just becoming a thing. Like, a different studio might have had HD DVD. A different studio did have HD DVD. Yeah. <laughs> In 2006. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If this had been a Paramount movie, it would have been an HD DVD. Yeah. Oof. <laughs> that wouldn't have aged well. I maintain that hd dvd had the better name yeah uh, definitely it says what it is mm -hmm. i had a whole bunch of hd dvds back in the day red boxes yeah they also looked yeah. cooler because the the red boxes <laughs> looked cooler than the blue boxes yeah, yeah that's true now right after the format died um so like as when when blu-ray won the, when sony won the war but like there were still like hd hd dvds on store shelves I mm -hmm. bought like twenty or thirty movies for dirt cheap on HD DVD. I every once in a while I see them like in the dollar bin, and <laughs> I I think of that moment in The Simpsons when Snake steals the Betamax player. Beta. And he's running away. Like, oh oh no, Beta. 
<laughs> I feel like Betamax had a higher market presence <laughs> than HD DVD did. Because they by, might have. They were in every school I went to. By the time Blu-ray won the format war, most people hadn't upgraded to either one yet. No, most people were still upgrading to DVDs at that point. Yeah. Like, yes. Yeah. When, when Blu-ray won the format war, you could still buy VHSs in the store. Yeah. My dad just got a Blu-ray player like two years ago. <laughs> or maybe a year ago even. I don't know. My parents have one, but they don't know how to use it. <laughs> I've given them written instructions, but that doesn't help. <laughs> oh, dear. You know how it goes. Anyway, so I guess the Ocean Club here in the Bonds ad is not doing very well because he can walk right in and say, I want a room, and they give him a villa. Yes, yeah. Bond is an ocean villa. and he, Well, yeah. they probably had a cancellation or something, and my Maybe. guess is it's probably one of those things where they have cheaper rooms available, but he they they're gonna offer the most expensive one first yeah it could be too yeah that makes sense um i like the bond recreation of the ursula andress scene uh, from dr no here <laughs> yes. he comes out of the ocean mm-hmm. <laughs> looking uh, very svelte under the mango tree man yeah like he wants to make bulu loop with uh Solange he does want to make bulu um, loop but apparently only with married women like why is that a thing why does he like, why does it come up multiple times in this movie that Bond only likes married women? Well, he says, like, it makes it simple, like, they don't get attached or something, which I'm sure is untrue. And I guess it was just so they could set up that one-liner later with Vesper. I like I like M's bedside computer here. That is... Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and Bond is on another uh, Sony Bio laptop i like i like m's partner who just sort of rolls over and ignores everything yep who unfortunately dies between this movie and skyfall <laughs> apparently yeah and i i do like that yeah that tobias menzies calls m and doesn't like <laughs> no greeting he's just he's in the bahamas he's in the bahamas <laughs> <laughs> he's like you woke me to share his vacation plans <laughs> yeah and yeah, he's, he's like, he knows your, your username and password. Well, hold on. If you know that it's Bond that's using M's username and password, how have you not locked him out? Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, they're going to mirror his computer so they can see what he's doing. Yeah, okay. I mean, I guess it's better than... It's not like a, some random hacker got into it, so they at least want to see what he's up to. Yeah. Um, so Bond then goes to the hotel bar to see the guy. Mm-hmm. And this is how you can tell this is early Bond, who has not yet, you know, become J- Bond, James Bond, because he orders orders a large Mount Gay with soda. Yes, I'm not much of a rum drinker, so I don't know if that's good or not. I don't think I've ever had Mount Gay. I have no idea. Yeah, I've also don't think I've ever had rum and soda either. I've had rum and Coke. no, that's that's the that's the part that seems odd to me. Unless soda is Coke, because it's kind of dark. I mean. I would assume dark rum. I when if you just say soda, yeah, I would true. assume you mean you know seltzer. Water. No, no, of course, yeah, you would get you would get seltzer water, but yeah, my guess that, is it's that just seems a dark like an rum. odd choice. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I've never tried it. It might be good. Yeah, I'll drink something else. Uh. <laughs> Usually, if I'm drinking rum, I'll get a nicer rum and just drink it straight. Yeah, I okay. I, I say this as if I know that Mount Gay is not a nice rum. I have never had Mount Gay. I have no idea how good or bad it is. <laughs> mm-hmm. Anyway. I, I'm 
I'm very uneducated when it comes to rum. I so. no, I am not well educated on rum either. I know yeah. that I like some rum. It can taste pretty tasty. Uh, it as can. Long as it's yeah. not you know plastic bottle something. Yeah, it's it's not a Bacardi in a plastic bottle. Yeah. I will say, and this is going to make me sound like very basic, but the Captain Morgan private stock, the the, the kind of comes <laughs> in a little bottle, is pretty tasty. Okay. If you're you know a rum expert and want to tell me just how terribly basic my rum tastes are, feel free to send us an email. Uh, I like how Bond wins this guy's DB5 in the most obvious poker win ever. Like, uh, does that even work? Can, like, you actually win a car in a poker game and just take the keys and the and the uh, valet ticket and, like, it's your car? Because doesn't I, he still have the title? <laughs> probably for a couple days, but... <laughs> <laughs> well, he's not going to be alive after today anyway, so That's it doesn't fair. really matter. <laughs> uh, I do like the line when he's like scooping up the chips and he says, Oh, and the valet ticket. Yeah. Like, I think that's a cute line. It is. Um, and it sets up a nice scene. <laughs> yeah. He picks up his wife cause she thinks it's him. And, uh, he talks her into having a drink back at his place. He just <laughs> he goes out and around. goes around about. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, welcome to my home. <laughs> I-, I like how the valet is just like, welcome back, sir. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. like the valet. Ah, people do this all the time. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> So then, yeah, Bond is getting it up, making Bula Loop here. And... Yeah. I find it a rather awkward scene, to be honest. Um, a little bit. Uh, she gets a call from her husband saying he's going to go to Miami. Which means Bond needs to go to Miami as well. Yeah, so she goes up. She's like, you have all night to question me. And she goes off to the bedroom. Bond calls, <laughs> Bond calls room service and orders caviar and champagne. And the guy's like, for two. And he's like, no, for one. And it leaves. <laughs> got her caviar and champagne yeah that's true yeah (laughs) this is another part that dates the movie when they go to like the body works exhibit so was that a real thing that was a real thing um i don't think body worlds was a thing but there was a body works and there was something else that was exactly this thing where they had these preserved human bodies that they would do art with and it turns out they were getting them from less than respectable places for the bodies so oh, they no. I think they got shut yeah <laughs> there was a lot of controversy there and they would do stuff like this in an airport no this is not in the airport they went he went somewhere in miami he left the airport okay i okay i guess it's not you're right i guess it's not yeah it was like a, it was like art exhibits that they would do for a couple weeks at a time or something yeah now if this had been the more era when he ki- mm-hmm. after he kills Demetrios, he would then have to make some joke like he's just de- like she's just dead, like he does with Fiona Volpe, or uh... well, that wasn't that wasn't Roger Moore though. You're right, that wasn't that was Sean Connery. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean. Yeah, my thing is nobody notices this guy get stabbed. Yeah, that's weird. Like they're in the middle of a crowded exhibit. I I like the scene. I like this like back and forth with the knife that they do and everything. At this point, actually, I remember the first time I saw this, I was wondering if, or maybe it was the second time, if there were scenes from the credits that they're reenacting in the movie or the, vice versa. Like, the guy, there, there's a scene where Bond steals the knife from a guy and get and stabs him in the credits. And then there's one where he is behind this pillar and he's running across the thing and shooting a gun at somebody. And that comes up later. And I just was, it's just an interesting thing that stuck out to me. Like, I was wondering if the when they did the credits, they were inspired by some of the stuff of the movie but um bond sees the guy le- like he left a duffel bag 
chit or whatever it is um and somebody picks it up and i i think this is clever though when he calls back bond or bond calls back the guy on the phone because he loses him mm-hmm. i think that i thought that was a, a clever thing that you know in the advent of people having cell phones would have been a thing that somebody might not have thought of in 2006 yeah do. can you imagine there was a that was a time when people actually answered their cell phones mm-hmm. yeah because like who answers their phone these days First off, who has their phone on on ring? And right. secondly, yeah. who yeah. answers a call? Yeah, I don't. I, I have um, my phone even, because uh, with the latest version of iOS, you have the option to just have all calls that aren't in your contacts go straight to voicemail, and I have that turned on. Yeah. But I guess this call would have been in the contact, but still. It probably would have been, yeah, because he got the ellipsis text from him. So can I also uh, say that just, like, looking at that phone, like the interface <laughs> on that phone i never had a sony phone but i had a couple other phones and they all had pretty much the same interface back then because this looks very familiar to me yeah that's very dated like i'm pretty sure my my uh i had a motorola phone and uh around this time and uh i don't even remember the it, uh, there was another one that was not motorola it wasn't nokia it was something else but anyway yeah the yeah and it has that that weird stylized um, W in the wallpaper, because that's how you can tell it's Sony. Yeah. That's the Walkman symbol. Yes. <laughs> As if that doesn't date it. Um, <laughs> hey, they still make Walkmans, actually. They're MP3 no, they do, players yeah. now, but they make them. Right. I mean, so uh, the iPhone came out in 2007. So yes, this is the year before the iPhone, and when you had, like, Palm Treos and stuff were really, like, the top of the line. Or the Nokia N95. Yeah. Blackberry Pearl, I want to say. Blackberry Pearl, yeah, that was a thing. My my first phone was the StarTac. The oh, Motorola StarTac. Yeah. I remember the StarTac. My first yeah. phone was, I don't remember the model number, but it was that Nokia phone that everybody had in the early 2000s. The, <laughs> with the monochrome screen that was built like a brick. You could probably kill yep. someone with it. And yep. you could play Snake on it. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I know exactly which one you mean. But yeah, I mean, Bond has the wherewithal to call the guy back, follows him to the airport. We see the guy go through security right after Richard Branson. Who yeah, that was a nice cameo. Makes a random, random appearance in this movie. Uh, I like, it was a cameo, but I almost want it to have just been Richard Branson happened to be in the airport while they were filming. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> like, I love how, like, especially when you're not watching it, on blu-ray or whatever like like how the camera actually pans over to find him yes <laughs> even when you are watching it on blu-ray it still does he walks off screen and then it yeah, pans over no, yeah but i mean I, I i i'm imagining in pan and scan where like the guy we're following gets cropped out so we could see richard branson i mean would there have been a pan and scan version of this film i guess for no no probably not yeah because even like tvs were all we're uh, all 16 by 9 t- at this point. Well, yeah. I mean, new TVs were. Plenty of people still had old TVs, but I doubt they True. were. I doubt they made a full screen DVD version of this. I hope not. Okay, now I have to look it up. Oh. <laughs> Man, remember when that was a thing? Remember, yeah. Remember accidentally buying full screen DVDs? Buying the full screen? Oh, yeah. I, I bought the full screen DVD of The Matrix Reloaded. Oh, no. Or no, no. It was, no, it was Revolutions. Even worse. Um... Just buying a DVD of Revolutions is bad. Yeah. 
And then I put it in the machine, and then it doesn't work, and I take it back. And the guy's like, we can't take this back because you've opened it. God damn it. Casino Royale, two-disc, full-screen edition. Oh, there you go. It's $4 if you want to buy it. I don't. So if some if somebody out there has the full screen version of Casino Royale, please write us under email that will be dropped into this <laughs> broadcast, into this recording, and tell me if Richard Branson is highly featured in his cameo. Yeah, I, I need to know, but I'm not spending four dollars on the DVD. <laughs> right. <laughs> I need to own this in five formats now. I don't think I, I ever love... owned it on DVD. Actually, I think. I think I have only ever owned this in two formats, uh, regular Blu-ray and 4K Blu-ray. Okay. Oh, but I owned it twice on regular Blu-ray. <laughs> mm. Because I had the individual box of it, and then I bought that Bond, the 50th anniversary Bond box set. Oh, okay. And now I have, a, and then I bought the Daniel, Daniel Craig 4K Blu-ray collection, even though yeah. it's not going to be the full Daniel Craig collection. So, anyway, we're back in the airport. <laughs> yes. Bond calls the ever-suffering Tobias Menzies. Like, what time is it in England? Yeah, it's dark in the U.S. So... Yeah. And and it, it looks like the sun is coming up in M's office, so they must have been there all night. Yeah, because it, it definitely, it's dark in the U.S., and it definitely feels like a nighttime, not a early morning thing in the U.S. Yes. Well, so... because it was nighttime, it was nighttime in the Bahamas when they when he left, so... Right, and there's way too many people doing way too many things for it to be, like, you right. know, 4 a.m. or something. So I'm imagining it's, like, 9 p.m. there, so, you know, six-hour difference. It's Right. Although, I mean, again, the, the fake the fake skyline behind M, it looks like the sun's coming up a little bit. Who knows? But I like him, you know, he calls Tobias Menzies to go through to, to M, and then Bond has this, like, epiphany, and he's like, I'll call you back later, and just hangs up on her. <laughs> Well, maybe and, it's like ten or eleven, but it feels like there's too maybe. many people for that. Oh wait, well, that's garbage. Uh, the close-up of his phone when he reads the ellipsis thing—I guess that was when it was sent. It was sent at nineteen twelve, which would have been seven twelve. Right, because they're so, about to do the unveiling of the plane, and that wouldn't happen in the middle of the night. So we can just assume that M's background is completely fake. Yes. Because I Agreed. realize that England is farther north, and if it's if it's you know summertime, they the sun comes up early, but not that early. Right. Also, I like these early two thousands super fat four by three LCD screens. Sony. Yes. Of course, Sony. Um, Google has bought a little bit of product placement here because you get a Google shot right before you get the web page of the plane. Mm -hmm. Oh man, and that is the old Google too. The old Google. Uh, we get another action beat here. With this guy in the airport where he sets off the, the sprinklers and then Bond's chasing after him. I, I've always liked the stunt of, you know, the guy's driving away and Bond runs up the, the 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 ladder that goes up to the plane and jumps on top of the truck. Yeah. All right, now I'm confused because they just had a shot of the guy. He sets the bomb on the truck and it has a little beepy thing on his screen. And his screen said 2.14 a.m. Maybe he hadn't changed his clock from somewhere else. There's no way from it's like the middle of the ocean. <laughs> I, mean... I don't know, man. Yeah. Anyway. Well, no. If it's we, we actually in... like seven something, that means it's now like eight something, I guess. So yeah. Well, that's six hours ahead. So it he... would be two. Yeah. But... So I guess he came from somewhere in the U. in in Europe and never changed his time. But he but didn't. He was just in the Bahamas. 
Because yeah, no, which well, is, this is the guy. one this hour the ahead. Guy, not and this just doesn't work. No, I think what we learned is that the guy doing the insert shots for this movie was inconsistent. Actually, I think uh, the Bahamas are the same time. Bahamas is is Eastern time. Yeah. Yeah. I get confused because we were one hour ahead of the ahead when I was there earlier this year on the cruise because they decided not to change the time because daylight saving was happening the next day. <laughs> I miss daylight savings time. I miss having the yeah, sun be up past It should five. just always be daylight saving time. Yeah, I agree. No one cares if it's dark in the morning, but I want to see nope. the sun when I get off work. Well, I mean, I get off work at like 8 o'clock, so that won't happen, but you know what I mean. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, this fights for some of this fight scene has always reminded me of Raiders of the Lost Ark. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah, I get what you're saying now. A bit with like him, well, like with him, you know, him running and and like leaping through the windshield and throwing the guy out the front of the, you know, like all that stuff. Um, he just has to push a guy into a propeller. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we get that always wrong shot of the plane blowing a car backwards, which doesn't happen. Uh, <laughs> But I, I've always liked this little switcheroo here at the end with the bomb. Yes, uh, where he put it on the on his belt. Yeah, and it's like, and Bond didn't kill him. He's the guy's the one that set off the bomb. Right. I love the little beat that I don't know. If it's in the script or Daniel Craig just did it. Um, you know, he he's in the truck and he's out of control because the brakes aren't working, and he like skids to a halt next to the plane, and he like takes the time to like lean over and look at the plane, <laughs> which. I always thought it was kind of funny. I don't <laughs> like he's checking out the plane, slightly impressed by it. And then he gets out of the truck, gets the crap beaten out of him by some police here. And the guy is like there and sits off the bomb. I, I really like how Bond steps out of the truck and then just, yeah, he gets taken down. Yeah. Cause that would happen. Like that would absolutely happen. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we've, how yeah. many Bond movies have scenes in Florida? Uh, legitimate scenes in florida or scenes filmed in florida <laughs> well i know the second one's more uh yeah i think he's in florida a fair bit yeah well he i mean he's in florida in um obviously in license to kill uh mm -hmm. in Golden goldfinger Eye. um does he actually go to florida and die another day or is it only in the book that he goes to florida and die another day there's a book for die another day not die another day live and let die <laughs> oh <laughs> Uh, no, I don't think he actually goes to Florida. I think it's all in Louisiana. He, in the book, yeah, he goes to Louisiana and he goes to San Monique, which doesn't right. exist. Right, and in the book he doesn't go to Louisiana. He's, it's all in no. Florida. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Goldfinger is shot in Florida. Yep, well, he's in Miami at the beginning. Oh, that's true, he is in Miami in the beginning. Yeah. Yep. There's a lot of Bond movies that take place in Florida. Mm -hmm. Is he in Florida at a, any point in Thunderball, or is it just in the Caribbean? Um... I think he just goes to the Bahamas. Alright. Although they're 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 gonna bomb Miami. That's right. Oh, and so, you can see my yeah, you can you can Yeah, see, so you can yeah. see Miami in the distance. Yep. Yeah. They have they they really like Florida in the Bond franchise. They they, they do. It's not that it's great. It's warm. I've been there. No, no, I've been to Florida. <laughs> it's sorry to everybody who lives in Florida, but yeah. Anyway. We have the standard Bond trope of someone helped Bond, so they have to die. Yes. Um, Tobias Menzies doesn't seem to have the stomach for this job, because he, like, sees the dead body and runs away to throw up. Well, he's not a field operative. Uh, no, he's a secretary, that's true. And Bond gets a tracker injected in him. Ow. Yeah, that is a <laughs> big thing to get yeah. stuck in you. 
Like, yeah. it's huge. It's, it's, yeah. I mean, I do like his delivery of that where he's like, ow. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's a that's a big old thing stuck under your that that's gonna how cause an infection. I think only bleed a tiny bit. Like, how is that not like just yeah. spurting blood right now? I don't know. Also, Bond's heartbeat is only sixty four beats per minute in this moment, which seems low. Uh, how low is it normally? That's, I don't know. That's like, what I want to know. If that's yeah. what it is when you just stick something in him. Yeah, you've just been injected by something. Is like. That, is, just like yeah. a couple beats a minute <laughs> right he's very calm apparently yeah well people who work out do have lower resting heart rates but still that is true we get a giant info dump of a scene here with him mm-hmm. uh, again talking about short selling airline stocks on 9-11 and all that stuff which probably you know i mean this is only five years after 9-11 i so remember of vaguely be very... hearing about that when 9-11 happened Oh, the short selling? Yeah. 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 And now we're on a luxury train to Montenegro. I like this train. It's a very nice train. I have never been on it a is train that nice. is nearly this fancy. I mean, I've been in dining cars on trains before that didn't look like this. I have been in dining cars on trains. They have not looked like that. No. No. <laughs> Most trains don't um, have dining cars in the U.S. anymore. No, no, sad. They have, like, the snack car, and that's it now. Yep. But anyway, this is where we get we meet. Yeah. Eva Green. Yes, who is probably my favorite of the Bond women we ever have in the whole franchise. She's pretty great. Yeah. Um, I had not seen her in anything else before this movie. Uh, no, same. Uh, but she is done. very good in this. Uh, she's, she is excellent in this, yeah. I mean, she's good in most things she's in. Have you ever watched... Mm-hmm. Did you ever watch Penny Dreadful? No, but I need to, and I've heard she's good, good in it. So She was one of the Best things in that terrible Golden Compass movie, actually. Yeah, she was better than Daniel Craig. Oh, yeah, he was in that, too, for, like, five seconds. <laughs> yeah, that was not a good movie. The HBO no. show was better, but still not great. Yeah, I have issues with it. It was better than the movie, though. Yeah, I mean, I heard that a lot of the... They jump around a lot in the timing of when things happen, uh, comparative to the books, and I think a lot of that, from what I read, is because Daphne Keene was only 15 and they couldn't film with her as much as they would have somebody else who was older. That makes sense. So so they had to do other things. Um, anyway, it's not a bad show. No. I, I will I will watch season two when it when it's when I have enough episodes that I can binge it. Yeah, that's the same for me. And that's what I did with yeah. season one. I ended up I watched like the first couple as they aired and then I waited and binged the rest. Yeah. That's what I do with most shows on HBO. Yeah, I don't I I can't go back to I have to wait a week to watch another one. What the hell? I mean, I do it with Star Trek because I'm not waiting to watch Star Trek. But I agree. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> so I I really enjoy this scene a lot with the two of them. I think they work really well together. Like neither of them is is getting the one up on the other one, although she tends to end up a little bit ahead of him in a lot of these scenes. Uh I think my favorite line of the movie is the way he delivers the line when she says, how is your lamb? And he says, skewered because he's, they're talking about, he, he was trying to diagnose her situation and then she turns it on him and, and it pivots to her casually asking about his, his dinner. Uh, just the way he delivers that line is great. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, anyway, good scene on the way up to Montenegro, which we've already established isn't really a place. Well, it is, but it's not where they are. It's a real place, but <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, yeah, it, it does exist. It's on the map. <laughs> so, yeah. The, the, it, it just... I guess because there hadn't been something in Montenegro before, they wanted to do something different. Yep. He has been to Monaco before. And has... Has he been to France before? Okay. Yes. Yeah, he has been to France before. So, yeah. Okay. They wanted to do something different. I guess. Um, I like the, the play on the trope here where he's reading his fake bio and he's, you know, my name is Arlington Beach or something. Yeah, Arlington Beach. Da, 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 and she, he says, your name is Stephanie Broadchest. And she has nothing. She wants nothing to do with this, which I thought was great. <laughs> yes. Because that, that seems such like so out of like the Roger Moore era that that would be her name. Mm-hmm. And her family is strict Roman Catholic, so for that's her right. sake, yes. two bedroom suite. <laughs> and he's like, <laughs> this is where he says, you know, you're not my type. And she says, what, Spart? No, single. Like, oh, I yeah, we didn't need that. There there were a couple moments like that. but And then he comes in and says, my name's John, oh, my name's John, my name's James Bond, you'll find the, uh, you'll find the reservation at her beach. It's like, what? <sighs> yeah. <laughs> This really pisses her off, too. Yeah, which is partly why he does it. Yeah. And I, and he, he explains. He's like, he's gonna know where he's from. So there's no point mm -hmm. in hiding. And I, yep. I enjoy that Vesper's, Vesper says that he can take the next elevator because there isn't room in there for him, for his ego. Right. So then he goes outside and sees his car that had been delivered. What? Why didn't he mm -hmm. just, like have a car that he drove to Montenegro then, if that's the case. Uh, I, I don't know. Because then they wouldn't be on the train together, mm, I, I mean, guess. I, I, yeah. there was the other movie where he drove all the way from England to Russia. What's... <laughs> that's right. <laughs> yes. Montenegro's even closer. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's true. We get to meet uh, Mathis here, who is in the books. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think... He's not in this book. No, he is but... in this book. Is he in mm -hmm. this book? Pretty much exactly as he is in this book. Uh, okay. Yeah, no, he he's he's in this book. Um, he does the. There's even the. Yeah, no, no, he's he's. I'm positive he's in the book. Okay, no, I'll believe you because I haven't read it in a long time. Like I, for a book that I've read this year, I it is not fresh in my mind anymore. But okay, yeah, I'm pretty sure he is in that book for some reason. Of the books, the only one that I, like, remember really, really vividly anymore is Moonraker. Oh, that's a good one. It was. I don't know. How many books have I read? But I've been reading them in I think you're on order. the fourth one? Yeah. I, I'm not sure. Hold on. Yeah, I think Diamonds Are Forever is the fourth. Yes, so I've read I've read Casino Royale, Live and Let Die, Moonraker, and I'm now reading Diamonds Are Forever. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, I, I enjoy this bit here with the you know he's oh well the sheep was here and he was you know reestablishing contacts with the chief of police and stuff and we can't afford to buy him or to, to outbid the sheep so we're just going to bribe his deputy into into arresting him because it's cheaper yeah i like that uh, that's michael g wilson mm -hmm. is the chief because he's in every bond movie somewhere is he in other movies yeah he does a he does a cameo pretty much in every movie at, after like the living daylights or something huh. I hadn't noticed. Yeah, he's he, yeah. Um, in like in Tomorrow Never Dies, he's the guy that when Carver is doing his 
he's like meeting with all of his operatives and he's the guy that is going to release the, the, the video of the president. Uh, Cause he says, consider him slimed. Um, that's Michael G. Wilson. He's, he's in a lot of them. Just kind of, he kind of does his Alfred Hitchcock shtick where he just kind of shows up somewhere. Cool. Yeah. I love the scene here with the dinner jacket. Yes. I, I, he's like, it's, how did you, it's tailored. I sized you up yeah. the moment we met. <laughs> yep. Great line. And I, I like how she, you know, throws his line back on, back on her, mm-hmm. uh, or back on him when he, cause he says he needs her to look fabulous. And do you think you can yep. do that for me? And then, yeah, she's like, and she says, I need you to look your best. Yeah. It's perfect. Mm-hmm. Yep. And also, God, he looks really good in that tuxedo. Yeah, I know he like, does, doesn't oh, he? <laughs> that is... Yeah, that dinner jacket looks amazing. I mean, everyone looks good in that dinner jacket, but Daniel Craig especially. Here we are at the card table here. Uh, good old Jeffrey Wright hanging around in the background because mm-hmm. we don't know who he is yet. A bunch of people uh, we never know their names uh, that are going to be playing no. the game. Play poker, yep. Yeah. And you... We both commented on this, but I'll let you do it because you did more work for me here or than I did um, <laughs> rega- re- <laughs> regarding the uh, the password that Vaughn puts in. Okay. Here. So, yeah, ev- they all have to put in a password, which seems okay, I guess. Um, so, any- anyway, yep. Bond enters his password, and he's hitting the numeric keypad, and the, the, the camera is a close-up of the keypad. You can see what buttons he's hitting. Like, you don't see the button in the upper right corner, but it's the only one you don't see. So, you know if he reaches there, he's hitting that one. Uh, mm-hmm. And we know from the end of the movie that the password is Vesper, which would be 837737. But Bond enters 836547, which isn't anything. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. And he very clearly does enter 836547. Yeah. And the fact that he starts with the 83 and ends with the 7 means that, like, they were they knew what they were doing. It's just Daniel Craig is just like, eh, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Although I suppose it could have been stunt fingers. We don't actually see them attached to Daniel Craig. It could, yeah. Well, yeah, it could be an insert, I guess. But if it was an insert, you'd think they'd get it right. You would think. So I like uh, the one guy in the velvet jacket that kind of looks like a skinny Hugh Bonneville. Yeah, that, that's a nice, that's an interesting jacket that he's wearing. <laughs> like, do you agree with me that he kind of looks like a skinny Hugh Bonneville? <laughs> he he does look like a skinny Hugh Bonneville. You're right. All right, cool. But yeah, it's like it's got a pattern on it and everything. <laughs> that's yep. That's a fashion choice, is what that is. Like, look at the size <laughs> that, of those lapels. <laughs> that's that. That's like if somebody took the vest from a wedding tuxedo that you would rent and turned it into a jacket. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Uh, I I love the bit here. Like Vesper comes in and, and purposefully like screws up Bond's plan here. Mm-hmm. Where he's like, "Weren't you supposed to come in so the others could see you?" And she's like, "What was I? So sorry." Yeah, but that that yeah. And she really just distracts Bond. Yep. Bond thinks he knows Lashif's tell. Right. Which, honestly, does he really think it would be that obvious? Yeah, I have a couple of issues with the poker stuff here, frankly, and we'll get to the biggest one later. Um, well, uh, as yeah, with the cell one. phones and other things, it dates the movie. It does. Because, <laughs> I mean, I guess poker is still 
somewhat in vogue. Yeah. The World Series of Poker still happened, but it wasn't was huge like it is here. It was a huge thing, yeah, yeah. And especially they're at this European casino and they're really going to play Texas Hold'em. Right. Yeah. I mean, the, the Baccarat games in the book are over in like three hands. Mm-hmm. So I guess it would be kind of hard to maintain much. Yeah, plus they know the more of the audience is going to know how poker works than how Chemin de Fer does. Yeah. And, and, and here's the truth too, like Chemin de Fer, despite the fact that Bond pretty much always wins, it's almost all entirely luck. Mm-hmm. And at least, and I think Texas Hold'em has the advantage of, you do have to play the players yeah. when you're playing the game. Um, I don't know if you've ever played. I've, but, I've um, played Texas Hold'em. I have not played Chemin de Fer. Yeah. No, no, no. I, I meant Texas Hold'em, yeah. Yeah. Yes, I have played Texas Hold'em. <laughs> yeah, there's there's a lot that, that goes on. I uh, think you'd be f- hard pressed to find anyone of around our fair. age who has not played Texas that's, Hold'em. That's a great point. <laughs> that's a great point. Yeah. Anyway, yes. <laughs> I mean, I'm not any good at it, but I have played. You know, in between they had. He's like, we've been playing for four hours. Let's take a break, which I I would want to take a break after four hours. I would want to take a break long before four hours hit. Yeah, no kidding. Did did none of them have coffee this morning? I mean... No! (laughs) Oh my gosh. And then they go back and play again, and then they go to bed, and they... This is a long game. Yes. I like when Bond orders the completely ridiculous drink. Well, that's that's right out of the book, though. Is it? The Vesper Martini. I did not remember that from the book. See, this is what I'm talking about. Yeah. I, I like I love it, and he's like, you know, that's not half bad. I'm gonna have to remember that. <laughs> yeah, and like and and everyone that. at the table wants one too. That's great, right? And and Jeffrey writes like, bring you one as well. Keep the fruit. <laughs> <laughs> just, that's a lie. Like Jeffrey Wright can yes. do, but most other people couldn't. I do. think this is also um, the first thing I saw Jeffrey Wright in. I think it is for me too, and he's excellent. Oh yeah, he's good in so many things. He's pretty much good every time he does something yeah meanwhile the ugandan terrorist has caught up with the chief here and is uh i I like the bit where he's you know he's like i would take a hand for this but you need them to play cards so i'm going to cut off your girlfriend's arm instead and then doesn't and he's like the chief didn't he's like you didn't give a word of protest you should find yourself a new boyfriend yeah that's a good line yeah this fight that we get is probably the most brutal thing i've seen in a bond film yeah hardcore. wow I mean, those are some hell, hell of a stunt that they do, like jumping on these stairs and everything, too. Mm-hmm. You know, winds up with the guy getting strangled uh, at the bottom of the stairs, and Bond's like, go tell Mathis to hide the bodies, da, 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 and leaves, leaves Vesper there. Yeah. These are the touches that we don't get in other Bond movies, where, you know, he first of all, he gets beaten up, and he's all bloodied and everything, and then he goes back, and he's obviously shaken by what he, just happened. Which mm-hmm. you never saw ever. Yeah. I've never tried to do this. I've and I don't. No matter how stressed out you are, I don't know how you chug a glass of whiskey like he does. I have never chugged a glass of whiskey. No, but I don't <laughs> think you can. Can you? Like, I mean, I have not a glass. Like, if it's like a couple yeah. fingers, I can down it. But yeah, but you like taking gulps. Yeah, no. That he'd be coughing and sputtering everywhere. It's another fun line. He comes and sits down and Lashifa says, uh, you've changed your shirt. I hope the game isn't help- making you perspire. How does he know he changed his shirt? I don't, I don't know. He's just trying to be it's, cool. 
just a standard white dress shirt. It is, I know. <laughs> yeah. Like, I just went back to look. It, the shirt looks exactly the same. It does, yeah. Also, he doesn't wear an undershirt. Like, who does that? Yeah. Cause, yeah, because later when it gets wet. Yeah, and you can see when he's sitting down at the table, like, it like wrinkles yeah. up a little and you can see his chest under it. And it's like, yep. who who doesn't wear an undershirt under their dress shirts? Yeah, Apparently I, Bond I really did. doesn't perspire. I guess not. Because I know if I did that, I'd just be, you know, like, soaking through my shirts. <laughs> yeah. Look like we did at the Renaissance Festival. Oh, God! <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. It's uh, the only time I've ever digitally altered a photo of myself before putting it on social media. <laughs> Digital nipple remover? Yeah. Removal? <laughs> that will not be the show title. So we don't see what happens after they go back to the table. We just know they played for a bit and he goes back to the hotel room and we get this scene in the shower Mm -hmm. that, again, is another scene that we haven't seen before in a Bond film. Uh, I think it's a really well-performed scene. It's it's one take. Mm -hmm. Like, it's it's one shot that they do. I did read that they did some digital manipulation here because at one point he was supposed to, like he like sucked all of her fingers in his mouth and they thought that looked too weird. So they changed it hmm. in post. Um, I think it was the right move. I mean, I always thought the finger sucking thing was a little weird. I think it's anyway, weird but... regardless, but yeah. it would have been even odder if he just stuck her whole hand in his mouth. Yeah. I mean, I can't tell it's been edited. I'm like slowing it down, looking at this frame by frame. They did a really good job with that. Yeah, they did. Yeah. I like, I like this. Yeah. Little beat a lot. Um, I like the music that she, her theme that he puts in here. sits down and holds her because she's obviously affected by this murder that happened um and again i i, I like mathis's little thing here where he hides the body in the trunk and then makes the phone ring uh a little clever bit i think yeah uh yeah no, that works well i like that i really yeah he's like i like when uh bond bond just asked me if he had any trouble with the bodies less than some yeah <laughs> like just because somebody's dead doesn't mean they can't be helpful. And we're back to the game, and this is where Le mm-hmm. Chief uses his fake tell to take all Bond's money. Yep, he does. Which again is 
something that happens in the book to a degree. Like Bond loses all of his money. Mm-hmm. You know, like said early on here, like I like how faithful this is to the story because yes. you know he loses his money and Felix Leiter is there for the CIA and they front his ability to keep playing, uh, which is exactly what happens here. Mm-hmm. I like. I like when when Bond says, "What about the money?" And he's like, "Does it look like we need the money?" Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like I never did quite get, and maybe this is just because they changed to te- Texas Hold'em and the way they they structured the hands here. I don't quite get why Vesper is so angry at Bond because you'd think if you had a full house, you were going to win. Yeah, I think by going all in and risking everything, though, maybe. But yeah, he had a really good hand regardless. It's not yeah, like right. he saw his tell and then like did it with like, you know, a pair of twos or something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The chief is not pleased that he comes back. No. No, he's not at all. So, he has well, po- poisons put into Bond's fancy drink. Mhm. And I really like how they do this. Yeah. Where or Bond realizes that he has something had something that's poisoned him, so he gets up from the table and he grabs the salt shaker off the off the table and rushes to the bathroom to drink salt water because he knows that'll make him vomit. Yep. I I think that that works really well. I and I like how yeah, we yeah. get like the sort of like overexposed blurry shots to indicate that he's mm-hmm. yeah. Also, I feel I feel like he shouldn't have made it across that street after he got hit. <laughs> no, I no. <laughs> I I was about to say I almost wish they'd kept the overexposed stuff going when he goes outside mm-hmm. and you know i i like just i like this whole little sequence here like you know he's not gonna die but yeah so would they really have ru- rushed to get m immediately when bond is probably not although i mean she's not in the room with the doctor guys she's just watching from yeah the computer so my guess is like tobias menzies got an alert or something and yeah went and got her Okay, uh, and I I really I like the how the the lead slips out, but he passes out before you can put it in. Yeah, and Vesper finds him and fixes it and shocks him, and he looks at him. He's like, "Are you okay?" Yeah, he's, he's like, like, "Are you, me? Am I?" Okay? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Now get yourself to a hospital. He's like, "Oh yeah, sure, all right, all right, sure." After I win. <laughs> and yeah, oh, the best part he won goes back. That last hand nearly killed me. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah. All right. So now we get to the final hand here. Mm-hmm. I have some minor nitpicks and one major problem with this. Mm-hmm. Um, my ma- my my minor nitpick here is there. The guy says like we're doing a last chip exchange. The the big blind is one million dollars. Why do they still have chips? Like those chips are useless right now. Yeah. Um. They would they would have got the little placards. That's yeah. that's a minor thing. Yeah. That's a good point. My biggest problem I have here is we see at one point that Lashif is the dealer at this point, which makes Bond the small blind and, or, and then the guy next to him, the, the, the Asian guy, the, guy is, with the, ponytail. Uh, the big blind. The guy with the ponytail, yeah. He's the big blind. Bond would have folded before he got to the end of this game, of this round. Mm. There is no way, because we find out that the, the gentleman next to the guy with the ponytail, the large black man, mm-hmm. has a pair of eights. He would have raised for yeah. sure. And Bond has nothing in his hand. There's no way he calls on this. Mm, yeah, probably um, not. And I, I get what they're trying to do. They're trying to, like, set up all these winning hands and, you know, 
catch Lashif off guard because he thinks he's one with a full house. And Bond has this straight flush. Um, but Bond, yeah, doesn't have anything yet. But but at the, before the flop, Bond has a, what is it, a six and an eight or something, right? No, so I'm sorry, a five and a seven. He has a five and a seven in his hands. Mm-hmm. You don't play that. No. Nah. So but that's just me being a nitpicker who has played poker occasionally. Yeah, no, if the bet was, if the bet, it, basically if it had been raised at all, I would fold on that. Right, because... He might have called half a million because that would have been if nobody had bet anything, he would have to call a half a million. Right. Which he probably would have done in this in this circumstance. But the guy with a pair of eights would have raised for sure because he has a pair of eights and you mm-hmm. want to, you know, try to get people out of the game. So anyway, but because this is a movie, Bond wins. <laughs> uh, and they're trying to make it be a surprise. Like, oh, how could Lashif lose when he has that hand? Yeah. So then Bond takes Vesper out to dinner. To a restaurant that nobody else is at. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I mean, who knows what time it is at this yeah, point. Yeah, but it's, it's at, like, the, one of the, the, the casino restaurant. And that, that scene is mm-hmm. also in the book. Yep. And Vesper gets a message that Mathis needs her, which is also in the book. I mean, it doesn't come on her cell phone in the book, obviously. Right. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Ian Fleming was just really ahead of his time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he knew all about cell phones, yeah. It was, it was amazing. So, yeah, uh, at this point, Lashif has abducted her. They drive off into the night. And this is a great, another playing against ex- expectations. You think you're going to get a big car chase with some gadgets in the PBS mm-hmm. or whatever, you know. And no, you he goes around the corner and Vesper's there in the road. Yep. And he swerves to miss her. And they do what at the time was a Guinness World Record for the number of flips a car has done in a stunt. <laughs> Okay. I mean, that's a hell of a stunt, this yeah. car crash. That, and it also happened in the book. Yeah. Yeah, this is all straight from the book, which is impressive. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Like, the last, when was the last time a Bond movie followed the book? I mean, aside from, you know, the sinking of the, of the house and everything, the whole last two acts of this movie are mm-hmm. straight from the book. Yeah. I mean, the, the details are a little bit different, obviously. But, yeah, the car crash, he, he, they take him off somewhere and he gets tortured mm-hmm. again another scene that you wouldn't expect in a Bond movie going into this uh, yeah, even if you read the book quite a this is some brutal stuff yeah just just thinking about ooh. Ugh. yeah <laughs> yeah Ugh. and again and again the the difference from the book to the movie is the location and the fact that it's a rope with a knot in it. I think in the book he uses a carpet beater or something. But yeah. he's still getting tortured in exactly the same way. Mm-hmm. I do enjoy with... the, now the whole world will know you died scratching my balls. I That <laughs> yes. got a genuine laugh for me in the theater. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and again, right out of the book, um, Bond doesn't escape. Uh, somebody else comes in and kills Lashif. Mm-hmm. And lets him go. Yes. I don't think we know who it is in the book. No, but... I don't think it's ever said. I think they actually say something to Bond. I think the person actually does say a few words yeah. to Bond, though. I don't remember what, mm-hmm. though. Yeah. But it's just an agent of uh, Smersh. Uh, here it's Mr. White, who was there at the beginning of the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's a really great shot when he shoots Lashif, and then Lashif falls into the foreground of the, of the mm-hmm. frame there. I think that's a good... That's a well-structured shot. Um, but... Bond then wakes up in Lake Como and they haul Mathis away because they're convinced that Mathis is a, uh, you know, working for Lashif. I mean, Lashif said so, 
But in this movie, we don't really know one way or the other. We never find out whether he was or not. We find out in the next movie that he wasn't, apparently, which I find hard to believe. But anyway. Yeah, this all this all works really well, I think. Mm-hmm. And then we see Bond struggling through coming in and out of consciousness here. Yes. So at what point did he manage to say something to have Mathis taken away? Like, there clearly <laughs> must have been a moment where he was conscious and talked to someone else in between. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, I don't think the little bit where he's like, no Mathis, no Mathis. I don't think, I don't that think really that's enough to get him tasered and hauled no. off. No. <laughs> no, I don't think so either. <laughs> yeah. And at this point, we do think Mathis is bad. Yes. Because he gets... Again, tasered and hauled off. Bond and Vesper are becoming closer to here. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they do the password, and she seems genuinely smitten by the fact that he used her name as the password. This is the scene where we get the one line that I think was a holdover from Die Another Day, Purvis and Wade, when she That's says something That's because you like, know what I can do with my little finger. What I can do with my little <laughs> finger. <laughs> like, yeah. No, that's, this is not that movie. Also, who uses their little... Never mind. Uh... <laughs> Well, if that's all you have, I mean, I guess. But... <laughs> I mean, sure, but, like, I'm just thinking for just anything that involves using, that invo- yeah. requires dexterity, the little finger is probably the last digit that I would use. <laughs> yeah, I would think so, yeah. <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> we don't need to go into that kind of podcast. We don't, we don't, we don't need to get a tag on this podcast. <laughs> Like going into too much detail here. Yeah. We get the various um, lovemaking montages here. All the Bulu Loop. All the Bulu Loop that's going on here. In case we've forgotten what James Bond looks like coming out of the ocean, we get another shot of him. Mm-hmm. Uh, at, at, this is the point where he's seriously considering resigning so, to like, go run off with Vesper. I acknowledge yeah. that uh, Daniel Craig is a very fit person, but... Pierce Brosnan is sexier. I'll go with that. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> yeah. No, no. I, yeah. <laughs> and then he's sending an email to retire from the middle yeah. of the bay. The, the, well, I don't know where he gets his Wi-Fi from here. Right. And, like, <laughs> is it really a good idea to just have your laptop sitting out on a boat like that? <laughs> it's probably not. I mean, maybe he's VPNing. It, it took an awfully long time for that email to send, though. Mm. So... Who knows? But we see a man with, with only one eye, or rather Vesper does. Yes. While she's holding up her Sony camcorder. Yes. <laughs> Again, straight out of the book. Mm-hmm. A uh, guy with an eye patch. Where do they get the boat? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Where do they get anything? That's a good point. At this point, it seems like they're about to uh, just kind of run away together here until she goes off to get money because they're going to need money. And... M calls and it's like, so are you ever going to deposit the winnings that you got? Oh, I was hoping you wouldn't notice. Yep. Okay, so then Bond calls the banker, saying he's having trouble getting the money. Mm-hmm. And he says that they were deposited to the accounts your company gave us. It looks like the funds are being withdrawn as we speak. Wait, how do you know that if they were already deposited yeah. to the... Like, once the funds were deposited, how, do you, how are you able to see them at all? Yeah, because they're not in his bank anymore, in theory. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah, it doesn't... I also feel like maybe things were different in the early 2000s, but you couldn't just call someone 
and they would just give you information about your bank account without verifying something. Right. Saying, I am James Bond. Talk to me about my money. Yeah. You know, you got to give, like, your passcode or your account number or something. But anyway, because I, I, I called banks in that era, and you had to provide some information yeah. before they would give you... Provide that you are who you say you are, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that probably would have been the last time, the last era when I would have called bank, called a bank, mm-hmm. because you know, not long after that, you could do everything online. Well, here, here we find out that Vesper is just as bad of a spy as James Bond because she has her secret contact in her contacts on her phone. Yes. <laughs> but anyway, so Bond goes after Vesper. Uh, yep. Ends up following her to a house that's um, that's being renovated, mm-hmm. and I guess they're doing foundation work because they have it floating on things and and okay i can get that i think that makes yep. sense you would sometimes have to shore up a foundation especially when it's underwater like that uh sure. but when the house collapses it goes <laughs> down the whole way to the roof how deep is yep. this canal uh, yeah i don't know because i don't it, know if canals ever get that deep i doubt it i but... doubt it yeah was the house in such bad shape that it like completely disintegrated that uh, doesn't look like it to me no but... it more looks like it just falls straight down yeah uh, and, and I hate the nitpick because I really enjoy this whole sequence. I, I think do, it's, but it doesn't it's, it's make really sense. W- no, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> it's well shot. It's well d- handled. I like it a lot, but... <laughs> yeah. I mean, the only part I have other than that, I have a, the stretch that I have to do here is when he sees the reflection in the broken bottle on the ground. Yeah. Which is still better than reflection in the woman's eye from <laughs> But... <laughs> I'm also not entirely sure why Vesper is in the elevator. Yeah. Uh, I mean, other than plot reasons. Yeah. But uh, also, I'm not, I I don't do construction, but why do you have a nail gun that is on automatic firing? Like a fully automatic nail gun. Yeah, I'm not sure what the legitimate (laughs) use for that would be. No. I I do like Bond picking it up and shooting the guy right into the, the patched eye part of his glasses. And here's where Vesper decides that she's going to drown herself rather than let Bond save her. Yep. Which is more dramatic than in the book where she overdoses on sleeping pills or something, I think. Uh, yeah, I think so. She kills herself. I know that. She does kill her. Yeah, she kills herself and leaves a note and confesses that she's a mm-hmm. she's a double agent, as she is in this movie. Uh, for the same reason, I think, her she had a boyfriend or somebody who was being who had been kidnapped or something. And uh, yeah, this is it's a hard scene, but it works well. It does. And then we get the wrap-up scene with him talking to M. Yep. Um, although I do have a question before we get there. Uh, mm-hmm. How did Mr. White get the briefcase? Just Mr. White Powers, I guess. Mr. White Powers. Okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll allow it. So, yeah, uh, he's talking to M while he's sitting on the boat docked barefoot, but okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, he, wanted to dip his, he wanted to dip his toes. I mean... Uh, yes, and, and we, we get the backstory, which is also straight from the book, her boyfriend was a algerian they were in love he was kidnapped etc etc yep and she says that this clears mathis and bond's like no it doesn't because mm-hmm. we just know that she that she was bad it doesn't mean he was good right and he's right yeah and she, and she says you don't trust anyone do you he says no well you've learned your lesson mm-hmm. and at this point like it just makes me think of the scene in uh our man bashir <laughs> when Garrick tells Bashir, when when Bashir tells Garrick that he really would have shot him, and Garrick says, my dear doctor, I do believe there's hope for you yet. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, interesting sort of come around, since that is obviously based on the Bond films. Right. 
but that came first. Yes, and I doubt they were thinking of that when they wrote that line. But well, no, but and it's the line which <sighs> I can understand the the emotion on the line, and I certainly think it probably didn't even sound problematic in 1953. But the the line that he says, where he's like, "It, it doesn't matter. He's ready to go back to work. The, the bitch is dead." Mm-hmm. I don't like the fact that they're using that that word in okay no. the 21st century sure i mean that that is a deliberate i mean that is literally the last line of the book it is yeah it is straight so from the book so it makes yeah. sense but i don't yeah in the 21st century they shouldn't be using that language I, yeah i think that's fair and i'm sure yes it i mean that's the least problematic thing in the Ian fleming novels uh yes that's true <laughs> Oh boy, we could do a whole podcast about that. Um, well, we could. And then we do get the final scene where he tracks down Mister White and shoots him with a sniper rifle from across the lake. Yep. And then manages to catch up to him, which was impressive. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, just... I don't know where he's shooting from. Yeah, but... that's fair. Yeah, he's like, and he's just like, name's Bond, James Bond. And then we get the music, and it's just yes, perfect, absolutely perfect. Yep. One of two of the uh, Daniel Craig era that have just amazingly perfect endings. I agree. Uh, next week's is not one of them. No, um, I mean it's fine. It no, it's fine because I remember in the theater. Like, I mean, this... they're all better than Thunderball. Yeah, <laughs> you you really hate that plane thing, don't you? <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> it, it's funny. Like I, I was just thinking. Like I remember in the theater watching this movie, and it's 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 a long movie. Mm-hmm. And I remember when they cut to the gate opening for Mr. White's house and somebody around me was like, oh, come on. Like, is this movie going to end? And and I kind of remember thinking, like, it'd be great to wrap this movie up and, you know, sometime soon. Mm-hmm. But then, like, I, that was before I was aware of how amazingly awesome this last sequence is. Yeah. And... You know, it does sort of feel... It does sort of have a Return of the King feel where it has a couple places where it could have ended. Sure. Um, and, and it's things like you don't really quite realize at the time. Like, I mean, you do get a little bit of the Bond theme in the movie, but not much. And you, you've you never heard him say Bond, James Bond at all. And it just all comes together like, oh, mm-hmm. OK, Bond, Bond has now been rebooted and Bond is awesome. And I can't wait to see what you're going to do with Bond in the next movie. Um, we get the next movie, <laughs> which we'll talk about <laughs> next week. Uh I will say, and I, I haven't watched it in a while, but um, I've certainly come around on that movie from what I thought of it the first time I saw it. Yes, uh, I would agree. I never really cared too much for it, but I mm-hmm. I rewatched it earlier this year when I when I picked up the uh, Daniel Craig Blu-rays on four, in 4K. Mm-hmm. And honestly, it was because you had told me. <laughs> you, you had told me to rewatch it because it... it, it and yeah, uh I remember thinking it was largely forgettable the first time I saw yep. it. And again, mm-hmm. because like I had mostly forgotten it. <laughs> yeah. Right. But no, I, I did rewatch it earlier this year and I thought it was decent. It's, mm-hmm. it's sort of a classic bond movie. It is. Um, we'll certainly talking more next week. Yes. Uh, it's, it, it certainly is very apparent that the producers were watching the Bourne films. And so let's do that. Yes. And also Chinatown. I'm, well, yeah, the whole plot kind of comes out of Chinatown, actually, right. which you've now seen. So yes, I have now seen. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it's, I mean, that's that's next week. Uh, again, I think that this movie did everything it needed to do, and then some, as mm-hmm. far as reestablishing 
Bond and making me care about Bond movies again. Yes. Uh, no, absolutely. So. Um, I think, and that's how the franchise has lasted for over 50 years. Mm-hmm. By every so often, they basically completely re- revitalize the franchise with a new movie that just, you know, gets everyone back on board. Like, GoldenEye was another example. Uh, yeah. And... This is absolutely that. This, and I think, and I think you'll probably agree with me on this. This is the high point of the Daniel Craig era. Uh, yeah, I mean, this is for me almost. This is the high point of all of the films. Yes. Uh, this, this is, this is probably going to be my number one choice. If I, if you, if you said you can have one Bond movie for the rest of your life, which one is it? I think I would pick this one. Yeah. And I like a lot of, I like a lot of the other ones, but yeah, it might be. Yeah. I think like uh, Pierce Brosnan, Daniel Craig started out really strongly. And then mm-hmm. not, not to say that he had, he always had poor performances after that, but never was able to capture that same magic. Right. And I'm not quite sure why at this point. And again, I haven't seen a lot of his films recently, other than this one. Um, yeah, he was in the Dragon Tattoo movies, wasn't he? He was in the Dragon... Yeah, the I haven't the seen David those, Fincher. but he was in them. Well, they only made one. I thought they made a bunch of them. They, well, they made the Swedish ones that oh, he's not in. He's not in. And no, then he's David, in. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and then David Fincher made the first one, and then they didn't make enough money or something, so they never made the sequels. Which is a shame. Oh, he, uh, he's. Have you not seen Knives Out? Oh no, no. I'm, I'm sorry. I was talking about the the Bond films. Oh, okay. The films. Bond... You're saying you haven't no, seen def... recent Daniel Craig movies? I'm thinking. No, 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 no. I have. I, I meant to say I haven't seen the Daniel Craig Bond movies recently. Okay, um, okay. Other, I'm following you one. now. Okay. No, I, thought... I definitely saw. I definitely saw Knives Out. I loved it. Knives Out was amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, in fact, comparing it to his later, or his more recent Bond films, I remember thinking, wow, Daniel Craig looks like he's enjoying himself for a change in a movie. <laughs> yeah. But, no, Knives Out was great. Um, Who enjoyed themselves least? Daniel Craig in Spectre or Sean Connery in Diamonds of Forever? Well, they both phoned in their performances. <laughs> Man, I, I, I think I, I think I have to, I think at this point I'm like congr- contractually obligated to make a dig at Sean Connery and Diamonds Are Forever in every single episode. <laughs> <laughs> he's pretty, he's pretty terrible in it. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, so. was, I, I look forward to next week when I get to see how you work in Diamonds Are Forever uh, into that one, but... Uh, any final thoughts on Casino Royale? or <laughs> No, other than it's a really, really good movie. Absolutely. I, I never get tired of it. All right. Well, thank you for listening to us this week. If you'd like to contact us, you can find us on Twitter at Podspiel, or you can send us an email at spielpodcast at gmail.com. And then you can also find me on Twitter at Tyrannicus. You can find me on Twitter at Listening to Film. License to Spiel will be back next week for Quantum of Solace.